Welcome back to Let's Talk About It with Sons and Daughters. I am your host, Arden Bavir, and I'm joined with my wife today. And we have the special honor of having Kate Warman on with us. And we're talking about your new book. Kate, thanks so much for joining. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> we're so excited. We're going to do it a little bit different today. We're actually going to jump right into it because we want to talk about your book for as much time as possible. But you wrote a book that is called Thank You for Rejecting Me. That just sounds so opposite, but so amazing. On February 17th? 16th. You got it, girl. Yes. February 16th, right around the Valentine's Day. (laughs) All in your Valentine's blues. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. That that, sounds like a great book for someone to get right after Valentine's Day. So that is awesome. I love that you're you're taking this stance and grabbing hold of a hard topic. Um, But I want to ask you about this because that's kind of an interesting, you know, like not the normal, you know, thank you for rejecting me stance that most people have. So how did you get this, um, honestly, stance towards direction? A rejection, sorry, not direction. Well, it is redirection. So you're using the right word. Rejection is redirection. So, uh, well, one thing, just a very behind the scenes candid is, you know, when you're writing a book on rejection, first of all, not exactly like this light and fluffy, yay, let's talk about rejection, you know, kind of thing. And so when I was thinking about the title and really the message of the book, I didn't, I was like, what is going to convey something that would feel empowering, but not like be overly self-helpy, like rising from rejection, you know, which is part of the message of the book. Uh, so this title came to me literally at the tail end of us thinking about titles. And it really was a God moment where I felt the Holy Spirit speak to my heart. This, this is going to be it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love that because inadvertently the message of the book and the title really reveals, like it's a little sassy, a little fun, like thank you for rejecting me. Uh, And of course you don't usually say that right away. You know, someone doesn't break up with you and you're like, thank you for rejecting me, you know, like, uh, or else you're probably compartmentalizing, pushing down your emotions, all those sorts of things, which we don't want to do. But over time, as you see how God, as you press into healing, if you really decide to take the route to feel all the pain and heal from the pain and press into God's heart through time, you will see eventually how God is redeeming that rejection in your life. And so thank you for rejecting me is really like, oh my gosh, thank you. This is, this is what made me into who I am today. Now, while as individuals, we may not want to go through some of the rejections we went through again. And I write about some really hard ones in the book. Uh, there's still some beauty that you can find from the path and the journey of healing from the darkness and the pain and the grief of that rejection. So thank you for rejecting me. It's made me who I am today. And I'm going to say one more thing. Okay. This is just funny. And I haven't shared this anywhere yet. So you guys ready? (laughs) Okay. So uh, a year ago, I say this now, I've come out with it that I was in 2020 dating someone and that relationship ended uh, in the fall of 2020. So happy to go into that if if you guys want, but uh, something recently that God showed me and it was so cool and powerful that I want to share today is I was thinking back and I realized my first date with that guy was on February 16th, 2020. And now, yes. And I literally had this moment last week where I was like, wait, my book comes out February 16th, 2021. And so I've been saying in different interviews, I'm like, we'll see how God redeems us. Then I'm like, even just that moment was a redemption moment for me. And also gave me a chuckle. I'm like, yes, thank you for rejecting me a year later. You know? <laughs> so. 
Yeah, that um, hindsight is so funny when we realize different things along the way of <laughs> our journeys. Um, you know, I love that you're talking about this, and I love that you are passionate about helping people with dating, because as we know, um, there's no dating guide in the Bible. Um, there's, you know, there's how to walk well in singleness and how to walk well in marriage, and so it is something that we think we need conversations around. But what I also think is interesting for some people that are tuning in um, you know, there's, there's very different ideas. There's either like, yes, there's another dating podcast or book, and I love it. And some people are like, can we just like stop talking <laughs> about dating? And it's funny. Um, I think, you know, the right approach to both ends is very necessary. But what I love is that you also go into your, your self journey and how you rejected yourself in certain ways. And I think, you know, before we even talk about dating or a partnership with someone else, we need to have um, a healthy mindset, a healthy partnership with God. And so can you, you know, of course, without telling us everything that's in the book, tell us a little bit about one, why it's important that you went there, and then two, what you learned with how you viewed yourself. Yeah. So I am a dating coach. I do help lots of men and women on this journey. And as I've been coaching them, what's really been interesting is we don't just dive into the area of relationships right away. We don't just go like, here, let me try to set you, get you on a date, right? Like Will Smith in the movie Hitch. Even though I want everyone to be set up on dates and go out there, that's awesome. But what we often do in coaching and what I do is really help people to re like see what kind of relationship they want with God and where their relationship with God is right now and then their relationship with yourself. And so once we talk about those two things and really address that and what they where they want to be in those areas, then we can talk about dating, relationships, how you want to show up well. And what I realized as I've been coaching a lot of people mixed with my own journey is that the self-rejections are what's stopping us so much from even putting ourselves out there. And this spans more, you guys, than just even dating. It's in a job. It's in friendship. It's taking a risk in your life. Uh, if you already believe bad things about yourself, negative things, it will become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because if you think about it, I'll bring it to the dating situation. If I think, oh my gosh, I'm not desirable. I'm not that interesting or pretty. And then I put myself out there. I do it. Like I get the courage to do it. Uh, and this guy is just not interested in me. If I already came in believing I'm not interesting, I'm not desirable, then immediately I'm going to go into, well, yeah, it's because I'm not pretty enough. Or yeah, it's because I'm not interesting enough, of course. And it just reinforces that rejection. And so then that self-rejection. And so then you're, you, instead of going out there again, you're stuck in those lies of what you believe about yourself. So you don't even put yourself out there potentially again, because you're so fearful of that outcome happening. And so the book starts really with two major kinds of self-rejections. And one of those is body shame and insecurity which I think universally for either gender is one of the biggest areas in which we reject ourselves, just the way we look and how we feel about ourselves. And there's so many cultural influences that got, have gotten us away from God's reality and how he uniquely crafted us so perfectly, even down to like every hair on our head, the, every, like the shape of our body, everything about us. Uh, and I write this in the book, but statistically 90% of women are unsatisfied with their bodies. So that really means that globally, only 10% of people, women, are happy with the way they look. Um, that's so small in comparison to the global majority of billions of people on the planet. And I know that number is also high for men. 
And so really breaking down, how do I feel about myself, my body, my appearance? So often that affects how you show up in your relationship, uh, how what you're looking for to gain from somebody else. And then other things too, like how I'm showing up in work uh, on an interview. Do I feel confident in my skin and who I am and how I look, like how I'm showing up? It really impacts your level of confidence. And then I also talk about self-hatred. And I think when I say the word self-hatred, a lot of people are like, okay, I don't, I don't hate myself. I mean, I don't hate myself. And I say to that, okay, so maybe you're not like sitting there all day. You're not swimming in the pool of self-hatred entirely. And if you were, it would probably really lead to, you know, thoughts of suicide and really deep and dark depression. However, I believe that so many of us are dipping our toes in that water very consistently. And this looks like just shaming myself constantly for the way I'm showing up, for the things I do, for the things I think. And we are in so many ways our own worst bully, our own worst critic. And again, if we continue to do that to ourselves, it will affect how we are showing up. And so often we reject ourselves before others even have the chance. And so that's why I wanted to address that in the book because out of all the rejections, external rejections we can't control, internal rejections, we do have the power to transform those. Yeah, so good. And I love that you're bringing that up because I remember when we were dating, how there were things of um, me rejecting myself for him of like, okay, well, you know, I'm, you know, I've sinned. I'm not this beautiful blonde girl that's never messed up before. Like, he probably just deserves that. And, like, it was my mindset infiltrating what I think he would reject part of me or he would find out about me. And, um, you know, marriage is constantly that, that growing process together. So what you're saying of if you don't tackle these ahead of time, they're not going to go away. They just become evident in your relationship the further you go. Yeah, and I think I think the common misconception is, and you kind of talked about this a little bit, and I'd love you to go deeper into it, is that I feel like when people think, you know, hey, I've been rejected, that like you said, there's something lacking, there's something wrong about me, um, but I love how God just frames it completely different, and God shows how we're complete in him. So I want to ask you, what does God say about us, and how should that, you know, honestly change how we face rejection? Yeah, I think that's such a good point, Arden, too, just quickly on that, because I think so many times a rejection hits and we personalize it immediately. Like, oh, this happened because there's something wrong with me. There's This happened because, and here's the deal, like I'm all about ownership. So sure, through time, you should reflect and take ownership on situations. Right in that moment of rejection, though, it is like a wound. You just got maybe hit like really bad and you're bleeding out. And that's not the moment to be reflecting on all the things that you did because it will likely lead to two things, resentment for the person potentially um, and demonizing them. They're terrible. They're awful. They're the worst. <laughs> um, and we hear that a lot in dating. Oh my gosh, they rejected me. They're just absolutely the worst. I'm going to blacklist them for everyone else. And they're not not a bad person. They just rejected you. Like that is like, and you're taking it so personally that you are blaming them because you have a lot of shame inside of yourself. The other side is we just go into a negative litany and we blame ourselves and we go into like, there's something wrong with me. I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm too much. I'm not enough. And so, but the reality is so often rejection can also have nothing to do with us. And, um, so I just wanted to say that because we personalize rejection so much where I'm like, you have no idea the iceberg below the surface of what's going on in that person's life, what they're dealing with, why they made that decision or, you know, like 
And so try to not take it so personally off the bat because that just sends you into a very bad spiral. Uh, in terms of your question to what God says about us, we have to think of the fact that Jesus under he underwent like the biggest rejection of all time. And if the savior of the universe can go through that and did that for us on our behalf, like he did that so that we would know completely that we are loved, that our sins are wiped new every single day. And that we, we do not have to, we're not uh, to say that too. There's a caveat that we're not promised like this life without pain or without hardship, but we can come back to knowing that God does not reject us. So oftentimes I think that we say these things to ourselves and we maybe are saying like, oh yeah, God loves me. And it's like a head knowledge. I read it in the Bible. Yeah. I mean, yeah, of course, Jesus loves me. This I know. Like we say these words and yet we, it, there's a disconnect from really feeling them in the depths of our soul, knowing reflecting God's love like a mirror to our hearts. So we can say it over and over and over. And I think we're really good at the Christianese. We're like, I can say it all day long. Yeah, God loves me. But do I really in the core of my heart know that he loves me? And what I would just say for anybody who's questioning that right now is um, just a simple act of, do you first, do you, do you know God's character? And if you don't, look in the Bible of the example of his character and how he redeems so much for so many people through time, not in your timeline, not exactly when you want it to happen, but through time, he redeems so much. See that example over and over and over again, that there's a lot of hardship that he over time redeems, right? So that is his character. His character is good. His character is loving. But not only that, we, we can take it a step deeper. If you really don't feel it, then reflect personally for yourself. What, where were moments in your life that God has shown up for you? Uh, so often when we're hit with rejection, it's this moment, this moment is like what's in front of our face. So it's all we can see. And it often makes no sense because rejection at first usually doesn't. And so I challenge people to think about, okay, I get it right now. It doesn't make sense. And it may not make sense for a while. What would it look like to reflect on a moment in your life where God showed up for you? any moment at all. Uh, you can read the character of God and now you can, you can see it, but now I want you to personalize it. How has God showed up for you? Uh, cause I think that that's, what's missing is feeling like God is for me as an individual, as a person, not just words. Um, and they're amazing words. And of course we should read those stories and, but how have I seen him shown up in my life? Um, it could be a small thing. It could be big things. It could be a slew of small things, but remember and see, remind yourself of how God's character is good and true for your life. Not absent of hardship, not absent of pain, but that he will show up for you. He does, and he will redeem things. Uh, and so I think in the moment of rejection, it's so important to direct our mindset there to just have a glimmer of hope of like, I don't know why this happened now, but I know eventually God will come through because that is his character. He will redeem this. That is his character. I read it and I know it to be true for myself because I see instances of that throughout my life. <laughs> that is so good. I, you know, I think there's a reason that one of the last, well, not one of the, but the, the last book of the Bible, Revelation, leaves us with the understanding that people overcome by the blood of the lamb, but by the word of their testimony. There is victory in what you're saying, realizing what God has done in your life. But then we were talking about this last, or beginning of this week, but what God has done in other people's lives as well. I mean, that's the whole purpose of the Bible is to show who God is. And so 
when we take ourselves out of the, I'm sure the emotions, like you're saying, everything we feel when we have that rejection, and just remember, you know, no, 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 this is who God is. This is how good he is. And this is what I can rely on when I feel shaky. I absolutely, I love that you're mentioning that and that you're making that a point, tying this all to victory and not just leaving it with, thank you for rejecting me. And this is who I am. But you know what? No, this is where I'm going. And this is the promise on my life. And, you know, you talk a little bit um, about heartbreak as well. Of course, that's going to be brought up when we're talking about rejection. And what I want to know is, as we're talking about overcoming, how can we overcome when we do experience rejection and heartbreak? And, and, you know, I've learned this with Arden's book, is we can redefine those things to be positives in our lives. So for heartbreak, rejection, how do we redefine that? Yeah, so heartbreak is definitely a part of the book that we discuss. And it's so personal to me because I've been through tons of heartbreak. And as I shared earlier, even went through one in 2020 that I totally didn't see coming. And so before I really answer that, I just want to normalize for anybody listening, like first that I get you and I'm with you. And also that I'm sharing confidently right now. And I, I feel like I'm in a good place, but that doesn't eliminate me from feeling the weight and the pain and the grief of heartbreak when it happens. Um, I think it's easy for people to maybe listen right now and be like, you sound great. Like, oh my gosh, you really overcome rejection. But I don't want to sugarcoat the fact that it is hard and it sucks sometimes. And it really can be so painful on your heart. And that is a grief. And um, and so how do we overcome heartbreak rejection? Well, I'll just keep this personal because uh, I did go through a heartbreak in the fall. And I think like some weird part of me thought like, oh, I wrote this book on rejection. And so I kind of feel like I had this private, like incognito bargaining deal with God where I was like, okay, God, I wrote this book on rejection. I went into the hardest depths of my heart to write this, but like, we're not doing it anymore. Okay. So like no more heartbreak. <laughs> like this is, we're good, right? Like, can this be it? Like I did it. I talked about it. I went into the depths. We've been through a lot of it. We're good. <laughs> and that's just not how it works <laughs> because I wrote a book saying that that's not how it works. And so heartbreak will still happen. Rejection will still happen. And even if it's not heartbreak in romantic relationships, you may go through heartbreak in other ways, um, through the grief of your family or heartbroken by a situation, by a friend. There's a lot of ways we can experience heartbreak. Uh, so here's what I had to do. I'm keeping it really uh, specific to what I went through last year, because of course I wrote this book and then I was like, now I have to actually, again, practice it. Like, here we go. Like, here we are practicing the tools in the book. Uh, I think the first step that I would just encourage anybody to do is just feel your pain and make sure that you're not compartmentalizing the emotion down. Uh, I wouldn't just have the response of like, well, great, thanks. Like, I'm awesome. Or Ariana Grande, thank you, next. Like, it's not like that right away. <laughs> um, and it shouldn't be because if you don't process the motions, if you don't allow yourself to feel it, it will store up in a closet, you know, and eventually that closet will, over will overfill and you'll have to address it. And in the meantime, the pain and the grief will live in the cells of your body and they will, it will leak out into areas of your life that maybe you're not even aware of. So I really encourage anybody, feel the pain to heal the pain. 
one way I did that is um, I got off the grid. <laughs> um, I uh, This guy broke up with me three days before we were going on a trip to meet both of our families. And at the time, that feels terrible. You know, you're like, this sucks so bad. But I totally see God's protection now because as I can see, I'm sitting here four months, five months later, wow, I'm so glad I didn't go on that trip with him, right? Because that is another layer of vulnerability. Uh, and if that, if it was going to end, the relationship was going to end, I'm so glad that we didn't go into that layer before um, the breakup happened. Uh, another great part of just God's protection is that because of that trip, I had quote unquote time off of work because I was supposed to go on this trip. So it was awesome. I really dove into healing and um, this is kind of funny, but I mean, funny or sad, whatever, but I dated this person in COVID. And so a lot of times I saw them a lot in COVID and I saw my roommate a lot. The week of the breakup, my roommate moved out and he broke up with me. So the two people that I saw the most all of 2020 were gone. <laughs> and I was like, I need to get out of here. Like, <laughs> I need to just go away versus sitting in my house day after day, thinking about the weight of this pain. And so not in a way of escapism, but to say like, I just need something fresh and new to help me to connect with God and feel the pain. Uh, also in those moments, be just to be aware of like your numbing vices. And for me, one of the numbing things that looks good on paper, but it really doesn't help me to process is working and performing. So when I'm hurt, I'm like, I'm just going to work a lot <laughs> because it makes me feel productive. I'm going to get a lot of stuff done. But the reality, I'm not processing the pain, right? I'm just kind of stuffing it down. So I went to, on a trip and got off the grid, deleted social media, didn't work and just pressed into the pain. And allowed myself the space every day to lament and cry and just bring God into the depths of my confusion and the pain. And I'll be honest, it wasn't like I wasn't doubt. I was definitely saying, God, I don't understand. Like this doesn't make sense. I'm upset at you. I can't believe this is happening. Um, and I just got really raw and real and allowed myself to feel that. Another thing that I would just encourage people to do is to not focus on why it happened right away. We touched on this a little bit, but I really do think that focusing on why it happened right away will send you into some sort of downward spiral. So for me, I had to focus on, okay, God, what can I do today to heal myself? What is one step I can take today towards pressing into your heart to like going into this healing process. What's something I could do today to change my attitude? Oh, to just today. Um, because not to compartmentalize the pain, but how do I stay focused on the hope that remains in my life? And so asking yourself what questions just in the beginning instead of why questions I think is really, really helpful. And then the last thing is just, you have to know yourself and you have to you are the only one with the keys to your heart to know what your heart really needs in that time. Nobody is going to come in, swoop in and rescue you. You know, like you need to ask for help. You need to surround yourself with safe people and really just get, you know, there's a lot of time after a breakup, you spent days with that person. And now that's, there's some, there's a void, you know, a gaping void that time is no longer being spent with that person. So get into rich community. Um, 
spend your time with community and with safe people that you know and that you trust. I had to do that. And I really had to focus on pressing into those people and knowing what I needed. So I was like, Hey, I, I need to have like calls with you every week. Um, or can you just text me every day if you can, um, and, and check in on me? Uh, I just need that communication or else I might slip into numbing or isolating. And I really need community. And so I think knowing ourselves and doing what we need to, to love on ourselves, I say this, but to love, we need to love ourselves to not lose ourselves. And that means inviting God into that with us, but also taking actionable steps to like, what do we actually have to do? <laughs> you know, like, how do we do that for ourselves? Um, and I just like to, to say it like that, because I think when you are hit by a rejection, it can feel easy to slip into the victim mentality. And I want to empower people that it is totally so hard. And yet you can be empowered to do what you need to do to fight for yourself, fight for your healing and press through this with God by your side. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I think it's really important that you show that we need God and we need community. Um, we don't need to go through any of this by ourselves, nor should we, uh, I think one other thing on just on heartbreak that I remember when you were speaking is our friend Lila Rose spoke on heartbreak and she said heartbreak can be the thing that God shows you in you know different circumstance but heartbreak can be the thing that shows you where God is putting a passion on your heart it can it can move you in a way that um, other emotions can't so yeah. I'm talking too much I'm gonna no let that's Arden great go. I, I think it's awesome Kate I mean honestly thank you so much for you know being so you know, real with this message and actually putting your experiences into it, because I think that's what makes a good book always is I think there's so many books out there in the world. And when people just try to, you know, just do information um, rather than really their experiences and putting their voice in it, um, which is going to make it unique, I think we're missing out. So, yeah. So I want to ask you, too, is just what is as, you know, as you've been vulnerable, as you've taken this time, because I know writing a book is not a small thing at all. It is a long process. Um, and so what is your hope for people who pick up this book and read it? I had this hope before my breakup happened, but now I feel it even more deeply that I wrote this book so that other people would not feel alone and feel that there is a way through this. And that if somebody could look at me and see, oh my gosh, God is redeeming these things in this person's life. But it doesn't mean that bad things never happen to her, you know, and just normalizing that God will redeem and does redeem, but still hard things are going to happen. Rejection will continue to happen. External rejection will continue to happen to us. So we have to, we, there is a way to heal from the past. A lot of times this book will also help you heal through past rejections that maybe you have stuffed in that closet that are affecting how you're showing up in your life or in your relationships. And I want to give people tools to deal with them, but it'll also help you to have tools to deal with the rejections that you're facing in the future so that you know rejection will still come, but you have tools and a strength within you to deal with them so that it doesn't just wipe you out entirely. It doesn't keep you then stuck in the pit of self-loathing and those self-rejections and so much fear. Um, so that is my, my hope and my goal. And to really link arms with other people, I think that what God is showing me is like, man, I'm releasing this book while I'm still in process of my own, a big rejection I just went through. So as people read this book, I'm like, hey, I'm walking through this with you too. Like I am literally reading this book alongside others, doing the things as well. And it's not perfectly easy, but it, 
it does, it, there's so much beauty to be had within it. And I want to just touch on what you said, Christian, too, because I think it's profound. And um, I do believe that in heartbreak or in rejection, God reveals different parts of ourselves and a, about him that we never maybe would have seen otherwise. And so the depths of our pain reveal such beauty in ways. Uh, and, you know, I started this podcast, my podcast, which now is my full-time ministry and business in the wake of one of the biggest heartbreaks of my life. Uh, and so because of that, I think it was because of that heartbreak, which led me to be able to even start and have the space and the heart posture to want to help people in that area of rejection and dating and all of that. And if that guy hadn't broken up with me, I don't think I ever would have stepped into this, you know? And so I didn't know that at the time, right? I wasn't like, oh yeah, well, I'm going to go start this awesome ministry. Okay, bye. You know, but I see this years later where I'm like, whoa, I, that is how God has redeemed that in my life. And maybe you're not going to start a podcast or a ministry, but maybe your story and your pain and processing through that pain is going to, you're going to be the person that someone needs to feel seen, to feel empathized with. And even just that is such a beautiful gift. Maybe you're going to be the person that helps someone through their darkest season. And that is such a gift to people. And so it can be, you know, God will use that pain in some purposed way um, and it will be beautiful. So I love that. Thank you so much, Kate. Seriously, we appreciate it. I, I just continue to congratulate you on releasing this book. I want to make sure that everyone who is listening to this conversation, that they know how to get connected with you and how to get this book. So where can we find, thank you for rejecting me and find more information about you? Yeah. Okay. So thank you for rejecting me is going to be out anywhere books are sold, um, Bards and Noble, Amazon. You could also go to thankyouforrejectingme.com to find out more. Uh, and then if you want to connect with me, you can come over to Instagram. I love our family over there. Uh, I'm Kateness on Instagram, K-A-I-T-N-E-S-S. And then Heart of Dating, we have Instagram, a podcast, a website, a Facebook group. You come over, if you're, especially if you're single um, or dealing through something like you need extra support in community, we'd love to have you in the community. We have amazing singles over there. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, Kate, thank you so much for jumping on the conversation with us. Guys, thank you so much for jumping on. This has been Let's Talk About It with Sons and Daughters. If you guys enjoyed this episode, please make sure to leave a like. Also, make sure that you get connected. I can't encourage you guys enough. If you're going through rejection or have process the rejection, please, please pick up this book because it's going to be a valuable tool and resource for your life. Also, leave us any comments, the things that you guys want us to address, topics that you guys want us to have conversations around. We always love hearing from you. And until next time, this has been Let's Talk About It with Sons and Daughters. 